Hola mi gente. The moment you've been waiting for is finally here. My brand new book, Financially Lit, is officially out. And I can't wait for you to get your copy. Inside this book, I'm bringing you culturally relevant and relatable personal finance advice that will allow you to finally feel seen, heard, and understood. Whether it's the guilt you feel from being the first person to make it while members of your family are still struggling, or the way that financial trauma manifests itself in negative and limiting beliefs around money, Financially Lit is here to guide you through it all. Just a few years ago, it was almost impossible to find personal finance books written for first-generation wealth-building Latinas. We have been forced to navigate the complicated world of money with a bunch of money books written by old white dudes who don't understand what it's like for us first-gen kids. But that stops right here, right now. Inside Financially Lit, you will learn how to set boundaries with your familia, with your dinero, create and pass on generational wealth, diversify and increase your income, protect yourself from financial abuse, navigate the complicated relationship between amor and dinero, invest like a white dude or better, and so much more. You can get your hard copy and audiobook version of Financially Lit at financiallylitbook.com and make sure to join our email list so you can find out when I'm stopping in a city near you for the Financially Lit book tour. See you soon. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. But that discomfort, it gave me so much motivation to get out of that lifestyle and never return. And I remember telling God, I said, if you get me out of this cycle right here, I will never return and I will do something good. I will make lemonade out of these lemons if you could just help me. You're listening to Yo Quiero Dinero, a personal finance podcast for the modern Latina. I'm your host, Janice Torres Rodriguez, personal finance expert, speaker, writer, and business coach. I teach women of color how to build wealth and gain financial independence through side hustles and investing. On this show, we're serving up POC-friendly personal finance knowledge, always with a side of sass. We're talking about how to make dinero, how to keep it, and how to make it grow. If you're ready to become poderosa with your dinero, you've come to the right place. Hola, mi gente. Welcome back to another episode of Yo Quiero Dinero, the podcast. This is your host, Janice, and today we're going to be talking about how to become debt-free as a single mom with Diana King of Money Boss Mama. You know, it's really important for me to bring conversations to this podcast that offer lots of different perspectives, and we cannot ignore the fact that there's a lot of people in our communities that are single parents, single mothers, and we also have a duty to provide relevant information to this community because it's really important for us to all elevate together. And so I am super excited for this conversation. Diana has an amazing story that I think is just going to blow your mind. Diana King is a millennial money coach and founder of Money Boss Mama, a platform that she uses to inspire women to become a money boss from the inside out by paying off debt, saving money, 
budgeting, and shifting their money mindsets. She was a 21-year-old college student when she became a mom, and she was working part-time, earning less than $10 an hour. She had to figure out how to become the primary breadwinner for her daughter. After struggling with making ends meet and battling with hopelessness, Diana decided she was done with the cycle of struggle, and in 2016, with nothing but faith and a couple Google searches under her belt, she began her debt-free journey, and she is now celebrating being debt-free four years after she started her journey. Now Diana helps single women and moms improve their finances and become money bosses. I will admit to you, like I had tears in my eyes listening to this story. And you'll find out why. Stick around. You don't want to miss this episode. Before we hop into today's conversation, I want to remind you to follow us on social. If you're loving this podcast and you want more community, you want to find out more about our events and all the stuff that we have going on behind the scenes, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and everywhere else you love to hang out on the internet. If you're loving this podcast, please take a moment to leave us a review if you listen to us on Apple. It's the easiest way to share our podcast with people that you know and love, and it helps us get discovered by amazing listeners like you. So take a moment, leave us a review, share us with your friends and family, subscribe so that you never miss an episode, and make sure to check out our blog, YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com, where you can sign up for our email list and you'll never miss an episode. Plus, you get exclusive invitations to our live events, special discounts for our digital courses, and as always, our best personal finance tips and advice to help you be poderosa with your dinero. Thanks for listening. Now, let's get into the episode. Diana, welcome to the podcast. It's such a pleasure to have you here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So why don't we start off with you introducing yourself to the audience? Okay, well, my name is Diana. I am a 28-year-old, in a few days I will be 29, mom of two. I am from Little O, Arkansas. So in 2016, I started a debt-free journey just on a whim, uh, and it has grown into this platform where I'm able to inspire women to take control of their finances and become self-sufficient. I absolutely love that. And I love speaking to moms who are also talking about money because it really, it, when you're a mom, like you're taking things to the next level with your money or you have to, because right. It's not just about you anymore. You have to start planning for other people, the future legacies, like this is big stuff. So I definitely want to get into what that journey has been like for you, but I love starting off the interviews by asking you this. So what was your relationship like with money growing up? Can you talk us through that? So growing up, I did up until the third grade, I was in a two-parent household. So uh, we were, I would say, middle class. So I never um, really had to experience you know, going without basic necessities because my father was always a really good provider. Uh, but at the end of my third grade year, my mother made the decision to pack me and my siblings up. And pretty much overnight, she became uh, a single mom. So I went from middle class to low income, pretty much in, in the blink of an eye. So I watched my mom struggle to provide for us because my dad was the the breadwinner, right? So she did not have uh, any type of, her financial literacy was not that great. 
So she did not know really how to manage money and watching her and, you know, uh, how we perceive our money comes from those observations early on. Um, my relationship with money was that it was always scarce because I was always um, seeing her go without. We went without a few basic necessities, like leaving our grocery cart at the at the line because her check balance store, uh, we didn't have enough food stamps to cover all of the groceries. And, and seeing her always, I remember her always saying, well, I'll probably have to write a hot check, a hot check. I just, that was, the, those were the words I, I remember from a child because that was what she said every time we went to the grocery store. I'm going to have to write a hot check. Otherwise, we're not going to have any any food. And so I I came from this place of scarcity because I watched a single mom struggle to take care of her kids. And she did not really know how to provide for us on her own. Um, and so I got my first job at 16 since I had no choice. You know, my mom could not afford to uh pay for my expenses anymore. So she was banking on our 16th birthday, me and my sister, because we are the oldest two, um, so that she could have, you know, a little bit of breathing room. And so making my own money made me feel good, but it's still, I still came from that place of scarcity. So I became like a workaholic because I felt like I would never have enough because I grew up never having enough. Right. Yeah. That, that That's such a common theme. I think the hustle culture is definitely instilled in us, uh, especially like women of color, because we see a lot of this struggle growing up. And I, I can definitely relate to that. So I'm curious, like, as you started making money, like, what was your money management situation? Like, were you frugal? Were you spending? Like, what, what was the what was going on? So I growing before my journey, I wasn't necessarily frugal. I knew to pay my expenses up front. So um, just from me observing my mom, I knew that whenever I got paid, whatever was a necessity had to be paid up front. Um, but when it came down to the money that came after that, I was one of those people that said, you know, well, my bills are paid. Who cares what I do with the rest? Um, so I was a bit of a shopaholic. I was doing some retail therapy a lot more than I should have. Um, and I did not really budget because I did not really know what a budget was at the time because no one ever taught me anything about a budget, you know? And so I, I was the type of person I covered my expenses, but anything else, I could not tell you where my money was going. It was probably food and clothes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I could totally relate to that. <laughs> So um, your your debt situation, like what was it like before you had your, you know, come to Jesus moment? So before my come to Jesus moment, my main debts, they were, of course, student loans because I did go to college and get a bachelor's degree. Um, so I had about 19000 after interest, it was like $20,000 worth of student loans. Um, I had racked up some credit card debt because, you know, I need to keep up this image getting my hair done, all of these new clothes, and I could not afford that. So of course I needed to run a credit card for that and my auto loan. So all in all, I was, I would say I was about $35,000 in debt. 
Uh, now, when I did have my daughter, I was loosely budgeting, but I was still swiping that credit card for um, non-essential purchases. Um, so I, I, I knew what my essentials were, but anything else after that, it was kind of like willy-nilly style because I felt that need to keep up an image like many, many do, especially now that social media is so prominent in our lives. Um, and I always held on to the belief because that this is something that I had always heard was that I would always be in debt. So if I'm always in debt, then I might as well get all the things that I want because this is a normal way of life. So I did not see anyone, especially that looked like me, um, that represented anything else or taught me anything else. So I did not realize how bad of a situation I was in, I would say, until my financial literacy started to increase. Yeah, that's such a common story. I think so many of us can relate to this idea where, you know, we've been taught that debt and living paycheck to paycheck is completely normal because, I mean, why wouldn't we think that? Because that's literally all that we're seeing around us. So just even being able to kind of break past that mindset and that that mentality like is super powerful. So I'm curious, like, what was it that happened to you that kind of motivated or inspired you to make a change in how you were handling your finances? So my come to Jesus moment was a little different than um, other stories that I've heard. You know, you hear a lot about Dave Ramsey or they just came across a certain book or whatnot. I did not have, I didn't know this uh, community existed until I was well into my journey. So that that place that really got me to where I was like, okay, I have to make a change was really my firstborn was my daughter. Because I got pregnant with her at 20 and I'm a college student and I'm broke as heck, you know? So the world just completely stopped. Now it's not just about me. I have a whole new human being to care for. And I had no idea how I was going to care for her. So I was only working part time and my auto loan literally took, uh, I got paid bi-weekly. My auto loan took one paycheck one full paycheck. So I was only living on one paycheck at a time. And if I'm not mistaken, it was 525 were my paychecks. My auto loan was 495. So I didn't really have much left over. Um, so I had to, honest to God, I had to steal from my, my job at the time because I didn't have enough to cover her daycare bill, which was $50. And I knew that uh, if I did not have someone to to watch her, I couldn't go to work and I couldn't go to school. And I viewed school as my ticket. That was my way out. I had literally no other plan but get a degree to try to make a life for myself. So I had to figure out a way to get to, to school and to get to work. And I, I ran out of diapers once. So my niece and my daughter are five weeks apart. And I remember I broke down and I asked a couple of people, you know, could you could you help me because she's she's out of diapers and they could not help me. Um, so I think that was really a defining moment for me because it, that let me know that it was all on me to care for this child and to to make a way for us. So I stole a few diapers. I stole enough to um, to get her to daycare at that time. And I just knew right then and there because I had never felt as low as I did in that point in my life that 
I had to make a change because I literally could not afford my own child. But that discomfort, it gave me so much motivation to get out of that lifestyle and never return. And I remember telling God, I said, if you get me out of this cycle right here, I will never return and I will do something good. I will make lemonade out of these lemons if you could just help me. And I, and I, I stuck to my plan from that day forward. I said I was going to pay off debt and I never looked back. Wow. That is super powerful. And thank you for sharing that. Like that, that has to have been just a really, you know, it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel when you are in those types of scenarios. So I'm curious, like, how did you get past the survival mode mentality that a situation like that can, can get people stuck in? That took a complete mindset shift. Uh, because of me growing up with a, a single mom who I watched struggle and go without, um, I, of course, came into my journey with a place of scarcity. So that took me having to go back, take a trip down memory lane to really understand where my perception of money came from. And then when you take the time to realize that you know, your beliefs about money aren't even your own, then you take back control of that narrative. So instead of being stuck in that place of survival mode, which a lot of us are, especially women of color that I notice, um, you have to, number one, have a specific goal to keep you accountable and to keep you motivated, and you have to meditate on that vision because really that's all you have at that time. You don't have anything else but you know this positive expectation of your future. So you really have to have faith and believe in yourself. And in order to do that, you have to tell yourself that you can do it, even when your circumstances are are up crap creep. You know, and it's not looking too good for you. You may have $10 to your name, which I've been in that place so many times, but you have to have the faith that you're going to make it out because you have that vision and you're putting in the work. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. Such good advice. Okay. So you've made this decision. Now walk me through your debt payoff journey. How did you get started? What was your game plan? How much have you paid off and what were your main strategies? So I started focusing on my auto loan first because it was sucking up the most of my money. And that that loan, I literally say that my auto loan completely changed my life and it sounds ridiculous, but I would have never researched interest rates or anything like that and, and starting to actually learn about personal finance until I got that auto loan because it, it flipped my world upside down. I'm giving up one of my paychecks every single month. Um, so I started on that first because I knew if I could at least get that down and pay that off faster, that I would have extra money to, to be able to pay for my other financial obligations. So that was my strategy. I took whatever extra money that I came across. So I really had to leverage my tax refunds. And when I was in school, I did leverage my, you know, the school checks that you would receive, whatever excess that you had 
all of those or a big majority of those went to my auto loan. So I would start making large payments towards that in order to get it down and cut that interest rate. And then as my financial literacy increased, I started to learn about refinancing. So I did take a year to really get my credit score in tip top shape. And that was complete hell for me because um, it was just, I, I really didn't know what I was doing and it was just learning and doing it as I went. Uh, but I was able to increase my score by a hundred points in one year once I finally found my footing. And that allowed me to slash my interest rate from 9.25% to 2%. So needless to say, I was saving a lot on interest and it allowed me to decrease my payment by $100. So now I could take that extra money and put it towards my credit card debt. So I was kind of like knocking out two different debts at the same time and using, leveraging my extra money to get myself there. And this is something that I, you know, you hear about the side hustles and everything. I did side hustle um, a little bit as well. I would dedicate my weekends to um, freelance write. For people because writing is a passion of mine. So I'm like, okay, well, what can I do to monetize this passion? You know? And so I did get a little extra money from that, but I really got to where I am today by leveraging extra money. Any bonuses or incentives that I received, it sounds terrible, but anytime I got in a wreck and it wasn't anything mechanically wrong with my car, it was just, you know, the aesthetics of things. Whenever they cut me that check, guess what? That went to credit card debt or my auto loan. And that, and when I was making these large payments, I made sure to keep making my regular payments so that it was putting myself ahead of the game. I knew I was low income. So if I'm only making a little bit of like 30, $30 to $40 extra, but if I put this extra money towards here, I knew that I can make up time and get myself to put my future self in a better position. And so today, just doing that and continuing to build up on my skills and climb the ladder, I got two jobs just because I I decided to start a blog to increase my writing skills because I knew I didn't, you know, when you, you have that degree, it's just basically a piece of paper if you don't have experience to back it up. So I had to find a way to back up my experience. So I started my blog and I my blog link. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online store shop phase to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. 
Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dinero, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dinero now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dinero. And it me two jobs. So I was doing whatever I needed to do to position myself in the corporate world to keep going up as well. So making those decisions, that allowed me to pay off to date $33,000 in debt. I have $1,400 left until I am completely debt free, even though it's it wasn't as quick, you know, as sexy as I paid off $100,000 in 10 months, you know, that you see. <laughs> <laughs> it was... Uh, uh, almost 35,000 in four years, but still I got here and I got here from basically nothing. I got here from stealing from my job and stealing diapers, but having a plan and a vision allowed me to get to where I am right now. I love that. And I think I love the word vision. I love when people talk about that because it really is like what keeps you on track. You have to see what you want your future state to look like, because if you're just going through the motions of life, you will wake up one day and just look around and not even recognize like what is happening around you. Yeah. Your, your vision is your, your compass. When you know where you want to go, it allows you to come up with a plan to get there. For sure. Okay. I love, love your story. And I love the fact that you're a mom doing this, which, you know, I get so much feedback from people who follow the podcast that they want more stories from women who are also mothers because it just adds another layer of nuance to this process. So like, what do you hope as a mom who's now financially literate, who is making strides in the debt-free space? Like, what do you hope to inspire your children to do in the future when it comes to their own financial literacy? So I hope that whatever I'm doing, especially with my daughter, that she is able to know that she's worthy, that she is worthy of being wealthy and she's worthy of financial freedom because I feel like a lot of women of color struggle with that. We just take whatever we can get and that's it. We just operate out of a place of scarcity. Mm-hmm. So I hope by, you know, my my sacrifices and me building a strong, solid foundation for my kids, that they will see the importance of having a, a good concept of finances because money is power. Money gives you options and opportunities. And I don't 
Um, I'm doing this so my children don't have to work as hard as I did, but I still want to instill that hard work and dedication is still going to be a part of the journey whenever you are trying to become wealthy and financially stable. And I, I purposely expose my daughter uh, to finances because a lot of times I feel like in society, women are kind of taught to rely on men mm, mm-hmm. um, versus being financially so sufficient and so we get stuck in these situations that we don't want to be in. And I, I've seen it with my mom. She stayed for so long in a situation she didn't want to be in because she didn't have the finances to leave. And then when she did, it we went through hell for years. Um, so I want to make sure that I'm exposing her to finances so that she knows that she can stand on her own two feet and she has the option to leave and she has the option to um, elevate herself in society and know that a man is to compliment her and not to define her. Mm, That is such an important message, mama. Oh my gosh. I hope that that resonates with people listening to this podcast because I think that's what we all want for the women in our lives, the young women, the, you know, we want them to feel like they are unstoppable, like they can accomplish anything that they want and that this world is theirs for the taking. So I think that's such an important message that you are sharing with your daughter. So on a more general level, why do you think that personal finance literacy should matter to women of color? Um, so going back to what I had said previously, I feel like we struggle with thinking that we are worthy of wealth and financial freedom because we have these, uh, stereotypical assumptions about us and we often lack representation. So we don't see a lot of women of color out here killing it, you know, investing. They're real estate investors. They are um, out here in the stock market. That's something that's so rare to us. And because we don't see it often, it's not normalized. Right. Um, And I feel like, of course, since we are so heavily disrespected in society, I, I do feel that that is accurate of me to say, being a woman of color and experiencing that, we operate out of a place of scarcity. So since we have this inability to recognize and believe in our ability to build wealth, we then birth daughters. And the generational curse continues because they're going to um, be a mirror image of us most times. And Blacks, People of color, we have um, the highest consumer rates in America. That That is known. But looking at uh, the wealth and income stats, we're always at the bottom. And so to me, that screams a lack of financial literacy, which is why I believe that if women of color, if especially in the personal finance community, uh, if we are willing to share our stories and share what we have learned, we are essentially creating change. So we are vital to creating that change. We look like them, so they trust us. They're willing to listen and learn. And in turn, that breeds a generation of women who then educates their friends, families, coworkers. And then the shift begins to, to really take place. And you can see uh, that, that shift in the community. We are getting there, I feel like. 
Um, but we still need a lot more representation, which is why I feel like financial literacy to women of color is so important because we need to normalize that it's possible to build wealth and not be shackled, like shackled to debt, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that you said it right there. Like representation is so important because there are people that this message is not getting out to them because they haven't found someone that they can relate to, right? Because there's millions of people talking about money. And you can look at people like Dave Ramsey and Susie Orman, they have huge followings. But sometimes the messenger is just as important as the message. And so the more that we normalize these topics, these, you know, talking about building wealth and, and paying off debt and not living in this survival mode, paycheck to paycheck mentality, the more that are women that look like you and that look like me are talking about this, there's going to be a real impact. And I can see it too. I definitely have through this podcast, just been able to meet so many people who are saying exactly what you're saying that they want to keep seeing people that look like them and sound like them talking about this because they care about it. They want to know. So I'm going to ask you, because uh, one of the things that I think is very common, especially for women, you know, when you become a mother, it's very easy to kind of put yourself on the back burner and give up on your own hopes and dreams for the sake of your family. And your message is that you can be a mom and you can be a boss and you can kill it with your finances. So how do you do it all? To me, it's, it's, it's balance. So I had to find a balance between being financially responsible, still allowing myself to be a human being, which means I'm allowing myself, you know, to go out and, and have a bit of fun. So entertainment, I am not about that um, life where I'm depriving myself eating rice and beans. I will say <laughs> that up front. I've tried it and it, it was not for me. And so, you know, fun is something that I've got to have to keep me going and as well as elevation. So elevating in the the corporate world or starting a business or becoming a real estate investor, whatever it is, I have to find a balance between um, those three things. And then once I found a balance between those three things, everything else just kind of fell in line. So I'm always constantly trying to increase my financial literacy, apply what I have learned um, to my finances, my, my plan in order to reach my financial goals. And it's not easy. I will say that you will probably quit a million times in your head when things <laughs> get tough. But when you're on a journey to increase your financial literacy and improve your financial status, uh, that discipline, you start to build that, that discipline, you start to flex that muscle. And so whenever you lack that motivation, that discipline is going to kick in like a, a pack of backup batteries. And it's going to carry you through until that motivation comes back again. Um, so you just have to find pleasure in the pain because this journey is not going to be all pleasurable, sunshine and roses all the time. I've learned that, that I have to find pleasure in the pain, something worth sacrificing for something worth being in pain for. And then that pain no longer turns into pain. It turns into something that is motivating and pleasurable. Mm -hmm. I love that message. 
All right. So what does uh, financial self-care mean to you? Financial self-care means, once again, balance. So I am killing it with whatever goals that I have. To me, that lights me up the most. So I feel like I am at my best whenever I am setting goals and I'm being intentional, no matter how big or how small those goals are. And I am still allowing myself to be a human being. So I am still um, allowing myself to maybe go out once in a while and get a pedicure or a massage because those things are incredibly important to me, in my opinion, because you can't just press pause on your life. Your life is still going to be going on. You're still going to be breathing and blinking, uh, even though you are on some type of journey and you have to take some time to really reset. So take a pause and reset. That way you are operating at your best Um, and to just continue to learn. So continuing to learn and and not being stagnant uh, and allowing myself to take risks and allowing myself um, to pursue other opportunities that maybe scare me and just push past that discomfort. Mm -hmm. To me, that is that is me growing. If I if I'm uncomfortable, I know that I am growing, which means that I am elevating from whatever place that I was before. I'm constantly evolving into a better version of myself. And that is the ultimate financial self-care to me. For sure. I love the fact that you touched on resting because like we were talking about before, like it's so easy to get into the hustle mentality that you just work, work, work. And at some point, like the burnout is real and then you're just not even able to accomplish the small things. So I think building scheduled rest into your life is like an essential thing um, that everybody should be doing, I think. So what advice would you give to someone who is ready to get control of their finances, but is just completely overwhelmed with how to even start? So since I am a mindset person, I always start with just nurturing your thoughts first, because it doesn't matter what tips someone gives you. If your mindset is not aligned with whatever goals that you're setting, so if you want to manage your money better, if your mindset isn't aligned with that, you're probably not going to stick with it. So that is a part that cannot be skipped because you have to find the root causes of your issues in order to really bring about a change. And you have to have faith. There goes that word again. Faith in your ability to shift your finances. Because if you really don't believe it's possible, then you're not even going to start because you don't have an incentive to to try. You've already declared your outcome. Uh, You don't have to be super confident. I don't think a lot of us started super confident, but we had that little bit of faith in ourselves to to have a positive expectation of our future. And then once you have that little light of faith, then you move on to then creating, I I feel like a a budget, a spending plan that's centered around that goal because you've got to know where your money is going and you've got to take control of your money or it's going to continue to take control over you. And that budget allows you to um, build discipline, the discipline that you need to stay in line with your goal and to maximize whatever income that you have. So um, start with nurturing your thoughts 
Tell yourself you can do it. Don't just tell yourself, but actually believe in yourself and then move on to creating a, a budget that is centered around your specific goal to get yourself in a place where um, you are maximizing your money. Excellent advice. And you can definitely tell that you are someone who has implemented and put all of these practices into place. And that's why you've been able to pay $33,000 in debt because it doesn't just happen by blinking your eyes and hoping that it that does, right? It's all about the actionable steps. For sure. So what is your money mantra? So my favorite money mantra is I am worthy of receiving money. Mm. So uh, I did struggle with this for a long time and I'm still kind of struggling with it. But a lot of us want to take on this, you know, I'm a strong woman of color. I don't need help. And it's really hard for us to accept. We give, but we it's hard for us to accept. So that I am worthy of receiving money is, you know, if someone wants to help me out, thank you. I'm going to take that and I'm going to receive it. You know, and I am worthy of a new job or uh, making money from my business. Yes, I love that. So tell us about your business. What is Money Boss Mama? So Money Boss Mama, it did start off as uh, it was three different niches in one. So I was going to talk about money, you know, personal finance, uh, entrepreneurship. That was the boss part. And Mama, it was centered around mothers. Uh, but the personal finance community on Instagram kind of mushed it all together to Money Boss Mama. <laughs> <laughs> so now I am the Money Boss Mama. And basically, I am someone that is empowering and uplifting women and inspiring them to become a money boss, but from the inside out. So, you know, starting with that mindset shift. So I am teaching them how to pay off debt, save money, budgeting, and of course, shifting those thoughts to uh, nurture a, a, a place where they feel inspired financially. Absolutely love that. And so what kind of services do you offer through your business? So I do have a budget review service that is for those who already have a budget, but you know, they're, they're not feeling confident. They want someone to review it, make suggestions based on their main goal. Um, so I just started that recently this month. And then I am working on a beta group of budget one-on-one coaching sessions. Um, so it's going to be five weeks or three months, just depending on whatever package that you choose. So that will be available soon. But I also have free courses, like a free money saving course and debt payoff course, as well as eBooks for budgeting. If you want to promote or you need some additional help with uh, your job interview and resume um, building. And I have a one for saving money, money mindset, of course, and paying off debt. Amazing. And Diana, so if people want to find out more about you and follow your journey, where's the best place to find you? So you can find me in two places where I always am on Instagram at Money Boss Mama, as well as YouTube at money.boss.mama. I love it. Diana, I have one more question for you. What's the first thing that you're going to do once you're completely debt free? I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> That's great. Girl, you deserve it. You have earned it. <laughs> I love that. Well, until then, I hope that you stay well rested. I hope that you continue to strive on your goals. And I hope that you continue to inspire women like you to 
put out those goals, put them out there in public, make yourself accountable for them and achieve them because what, I mean, you know what? You deserve it, right? Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I hope you're as inspired as I am by this story. And if you are struggling as a single mom, trying to make ends meet, trying to get out of the cycle of debt, trying to start building generational wealth for your family, mama, I just want to let you know, you can do this. So until next time, thank you for being here. Stay inspired, stay positive, stay motivated, and stay poderosa. On the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast and associated entities, all information provided is for general information purposes only and does not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Listeners should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liability with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions, or misleading or defamatory statements. Usage of this podcast and associated content constitutes an explicit understanding and acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.